Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? What a week it is. I'd like to start this week's episode, if I may, if I could be ever so pushy, with some gratitude, okay? I am genuine on this podcast on average two and a half times a year. And that is usually predicated on two of my cricketing heroes dying that calendar year. So outside of a bloke in a baggy green dropping dead years before he should have, this is a rare moment of intimacy with Billy Darcy. But banter aside, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who came to the Reckless Pelican Tour. What a time it was, you know, great times on and off stage, some weird times on and off stage, you know. And it's great. Thanks so much who came out. I appreciate all the beers with everyone after the show, especially when I'm interstate, you know. A lot of the time, I'm very keen to have a beer with uh, people after the show, of course. But especially, mate, when I'm in fucking Adelaide on a Friday night, I know I'm in Adelaide, but it's still my Friday night, you know. I want to I do something. So I appreciate um, everyone sort of hanging out with me after the shows and stuff. I don't want to go back to some depressing motel room, hostel room, Airbnb. I'll throw Airbnb in there, but if I booked one, it would be unimpressive. So I appreciate hanging out with everyone. And yeah, what an absolute time it was, dude. My show, uh, got. I was so proud of it by the end of the tour. Really enjoyed doing it. And I would still do it another 27 times this year. You know, I'm not burned out comedically. Uh, as far as the alcohol and some of the light narcotics, yeah. I could use a break. So thanks so much to everyone who came out. Uh, I am doing one more Encore show in Sydney next Friday, June 2nd. I know a few people missed out on seeing the show in Sydney, so would love to have you come out. Last time I'll ever perform Reckless Pelican, and uh, then I'm, I don't know what I'll do with it. I guess throw it in a bin. I'm probably going to call Channel 10, actually. I'm going to send them the full recording. And I'm going to call the CEO of Channel 10 and just say, TikTok cunt. <laughs> or something way less aggressive than that. I'm not sure what I'll do. But last chance to see Reckless Pelican, uh, this year's show, uh, next Friday, June 2nd in Sydney, Encore Show. And I'm very hyped to announce we have... The snake himself, Pat Doherty, opening the show. Now, this is this is also a big reason I did another show because traditionally Pat will open one of my Sydney shows. This year I only did one. You know, you've got to, if you're going to do, if you're going to perform the arts in the Harbour City, you know, it's like if you're going to, I've just started watching The Sopranos. It's like if, if you're going to knock over one of Uncle Tony's trucks, mate, there's got to be some restitution for the boys if that's the right word, okay? You don't, you don't just perform the arts in the Harbour City, the nation's would-be capital, without, you know, giving the snake himself, Pat Doherty, a little something on the side, you know, feeding that little mongrel. He's so greedy for, for stage time and money. You know, that guy, I swear to God, I asked him one time what his diet was because he would look like he was in pretty good shape and he said it was attention and wealth, Okay? Attention and wealth. I mean, that is a little window into this psychopath's mind. So, Pat Doherty will be uh, opening as well as Rowan. And then afterwards, 
if anyone's keen, we're going to head into Bondi and help Rowan fight pommy blokes who don't deserve it. So a lot on Friday, June 2nd, next Friday in Sydney, in Bondi. Uh, if you want to come out, tickets are in my Instagram bio. And then I will not be promoting anything for the next six months, okay? Dude, I love doing stand-up comedy. What the fuck is going on with this like marketing internship I appear to have found myself in, dude? Okay? Like I said, I would do the show another 43 times. I'd go out every weekend for the rest of the year if there was any demand. But, you know, the tour is done. I would love to do like a Luke Kidgel-style tour, just be gone for six months, town to town. I would love it. Okay? That's like my dream, you know, but probably not big enough for that just yet. But i tell you what I don't love is the administration behind said tour. You know, I think obviously when you get a bit bigger, you get a, a manager or some guy with glasses, you just pull off the street to book a few hotel rooms and, and knock up an Excel spreadsheet. But my Lord, dude, I have such little interest in marketing and administration that as sad as I, as I am to not be doing the show anymore, the happiness I feel not having to market the show anymore is far and away. It's not even close, dude, okay? It's like when when I was like 17, 18, 19, if you asked me what my favorite thing to do during summer would be, I would have said playing cricket. If you asked me what the best thing that could ever happen to you during summer would be during those times, I would say, oh, cricket getting canceled, you know? It's so good doing something, but fuck me, it's even better not doing it. You know what I mean? So anyway, next Friday, catch it if you want, uh, Sydney, June 2nd, and then I'm out. And I will not be promoing anything for six months except except some beautiful Manscaped products. So get those into you. And anyway, so I'd like to crack into this podcast. Got a new dating term, uh, hot off the press. And this one is actually, this one's good, okay? this I know I've said this before and I will say it again. I, I love these dating terms, dude. I just cannot stop talking about them. I, I don't know if this is interesting to the listener, but I'm telling you what, dude. I love this stuff. I have a passion for these dating terms. Uh, so, this one's new. It's cool. It's called Goblin Timacy. Goblin Timacy. It's like intimacy and goblin together, okay? Like goblin and the word intimacy, but take out the I-N of intimacy and you just got goblin intimacy, okay? It's quite difficult to say. And I feel like the more I attempt to pronounce it, the more I am discrediting it just by virtue of the fact that it sounds fucking dumb. But I actually like this one quite a bit. And here, goblin intimacy... (laughs) Like, it sounds, it, this is by far the dumbest sounding one, okay? I haven't even got into it yet, but just the word. Like, these words, they're supposed to be, like, catchy, you know? Gaslight, you know, all these other ones. Pocketing, like, they sound cool. Like, I feel like to get off the ground, the word itself should have to be cool. But anyway, goblin intimacy. Okay, all right, anyway, goblin intimacy. I'm just going to say that from now on. It's showing up as an authentic version of yourself. Like, you know, not putting on all the bells and whistles, okay? Which I originally took as 
fucking oath. What are we talking? Thongs and boardies? Is this the new dating trend? Mate, if the new dating trend is to rock up in thongs, like barely interested, oh my God. <laughs> this is like Christmas for Billy Darcy. Jesus Christ, dude. Holy shit. You know, I thought this was I thought this was like the new wave. I thought this was gonna be, you know, just a real finally the trends have lined up with my ideals. And when I'm saying barely interested, obviously not in the person you're on a date with, that would be extremely disrespectful. But I'm saying just, you know, I hate the pomp and ceremony of a date. I I don't like putting on button-up shirts for dates. Makes me feel like I'm going to a christening or something. I don't I don't like it, okay? I'm kind of like a, a kid at a wedding where it's like as soon as they get home from the wedding, they just got to get out of the suit. Like I don't like formal stuff. It freaks me out, you know? I think formal attire makes me feel like an adult and then I'm like, oh, God, what am I doing, you know? Like it makes me uh, face the realities of my life, which at times can be confronting. So I'm thinking, sweet. If this is like a more casual approach to dating, this is right up my alley, you know? Um, Traditionally, I'm jeans, a t-shirt and a fantastic attitude. That's my dating attire, which my sister has scolded me for previously. But no, that's not 100% what goblin intimacy is. Uh, You still got to make the effort with this person, of course. You know, look nice, um, make the effort with them as far as being personable and that, which... Of course you should, but goblin intimacy is showing up and just being the most authentic version of yourself, just being yourself, okay, which obviously, again, I'm in for. I don't know who would openly admit they weren't in for that, but it said it's good if you're trying to be yourself more and be more relatable. That's what this article said. Be more relatable which I don't, I can't wrap my head around. I have no idea uh, today's culture's obsession with being relatable. People don't want to sort of stand on their own two feet. They just want to make sure they're relatable in a way that will not cause any friction with any person around them. You know, this is why comedy at the moment is just littered to the brim with, you know, every PE teacher ever, every mum does this. You know, dad's in summer. Like, it's like just relatable, relatable, relatable. Everything's going to be fine. We're all relating to each other. Don't panic. (laughs) Don't worry. This isn't like my personal perspective. This is something that we could all get around in a really homogenous, bland, general way. And everything's going to be just fine. (laughs) You know, people love being relatable. You know, it's the the talk of the town. You've got to relate, you know. Uh, and and this, this is great. I, I love um, I love that being yourself is a dating tip in 2023. I think this is an unbelievably hot tip that has really come from nowhere. And I I also love the idea. <laughs> there's so much about this that I love, but it's like, yeah, dude, be yourself. Okay, be yourself. I mean, you would think it's one of those things that goes without saying as I did, but maybe that's not the case. And, you know, some people, I think that what this is trying to avoid is like some people who go on dates and they do like, it's it's a bit formal with the interactions, you know? I, my favorite type of date is when the chick rocks up and just says something fucking wild out the gate, you know? Just says something real, real weird like, 
Like, what have you been up to? She's like, oh, I was just hanging out with my communist mate. I'm in, okay? I'm in. Two lagers. I'm in, okay? I'm so in for whatever this is. Like, I remember I went on a date uh, with a girl and she was, I hate to, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm going to get this blue in the first 20 minutes of the podcast. And this isn't the sort of podcast I want to personally be doing, okay? But sometimes it can be an explicit art form. So this girl, I hate to even just talk about her this objectively, but she was very attractive, okay, physically. And unbelievably attractive woman. She sits down at the table. She says, hey, how you going? I said, what an absolute time to be alive. She said, stop saying that. I said, I'm so sorry. And then she said, how many siblings do you have? And I was like, nah, dude. Mentally, I was saying this. I was like, nah, dude. Like, what is this, 20 questions? Am I getting interviewed by Bert Newton in his prime right now? You know, you're freaking me out, dude. Am I at the ATO? Am I in another equally as poor example, you know? How many comparisons does Billy Darcy have to make to explain how bland this question was? And here's the thing is, the question, let's put that to the side, okay? Because everyone's nervous on dates. I'm not some sort of a serial killer dating machine, you know? I'm in the bathroom in the mirror telling telling uh, the guy in the mirror to believe in himself, okay? So, I don't want to act like I'm some sort of a confident psychopath sitting there with a martini and a, and a cool, calm personality, okay? I'm sculling a Carlton draft tell, telling, uh, telling Bill that his hair looks fantastic, even though we both know that we didn't wash it and we should have, okay? I thought maybe I could let it go an extra day. It's greasy, dude. It's greasy, okay? So we've all got problems, but when you're asking these sort of 60-minute style questions, it's you're not really being... Goblintimate. <laughs> okay. I think I'm pretty good at talking, but I just can't... I don't know how to say that word. If someone knows how to say it, goblintimate. That's pretty good. But you're not being goblin intimate if you're... You know, what's your favorite color? What are you... Are you afraid of the dark, you know? Blue and yes, leave me alone, dude. Like, so... Yeah, and it's like, so I'm in for this goblintimate trend. And uh, I loved this in the article. It said, the big takeaway was at the end, it said, in all bold, should I try goblintimacy? It's like, should you attempt to be yourself on dates? Uh, Excuse me. Yes, guy down the front. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes, dude. Like, what? Who is not doing that? Like, I can't believe... I, I don't know what else you would do. I don't know. Are people really going out there, like, not being themselves on dates? Dude, hundred. I walk away from a date knowing I'll never see a girl again. But I tell you what, she just, she just had an hour and 20 minutes of Billy Michael Darcy, okay? Were we meant to be together? Absolutely fucking not, okay? This date in and of itself was an egregious error for both of us, okay? What we could have done with the hour and a half, had we been able to do other things outside of this date that was clearly a mismatch, wow. You know, I might be famous by now. She might have won a Nobel Prize, dude. Instead, we're here talking about God knows what over the obligatory three drinks before we go our separate ways, okay? But at least she met Billy Michael Darcy, you know? I'm like Captain Jack Sparrow, brother, okay? Am I doing well? Fuck off. Will you remember me? 
Absolutely. Okay. And uh, yeah, I love <laughs> I love this goblin intimate thing because it plays into my dating strategy of just rocking up, swinging from the hip and just going, whatever, dude, you know? I'm not really there to meet Kate. I'm there to either meet Destiny or get the fuck out of there, dude, okay? You know these people who, like, go on, like, seven dates with someone and they're like, I think I maybe like him. Dude, with me, you got seven seconds, okay? I'm swing. Uh, you know, it's a gut feeling or don't worry about it. So, I personally don't think dating is a skill. If dating was a skill, how come some people met the love of their life when they were 14 years old, you know? This guy's jacking off to Women's Weekly and he just happened to meet the love of his life. Is that a skill? Get out of my face with this shit, dude, okay? So, I reckon I'm all for goblin intimacy. I think it's fantastic. What a time it is, okay? One of the best trends yet, if you ask me. Being yourself while dating. I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. Anyway, let's get into some yarns from the week that was. So, dude, a couple of gigs last week. Obviously, I had my big comedy store show. Thanks again to everyone who came out. I'll talk about that next. Excuse me. Uh, On the uh, Wednesday last week, I had a gig and it's one of those scenarios where you, you just don't read the thing properly, okay? I had no idea what I was getting into last Wednesday. So this co- this company runs the Sydney Comedy Festival and they run a lot of shows around town. Great, great company. I work for them all the time. They just run the sickest gigs. Anyway, so they booked me for this cinema gig. Now, they run this other cinema gig in Randwick at the Ritz Cinema that I've done before. It was like 150 people there. You're on a stage in this like small cinema. It's kind of cool. Whatever. Great times, Okay. So they booked me for this other cinema gig in Mossman. And I go, whatever. Cinemas. I don't care. I'll smash any any room available, dude. I'm a, I'm a heat-seeking missile for for better examples. And anyway, so I rock up to this gig and there's the comedy upstairs in one of the cinemas. I go to the where everyone's walking. I say, hey, I'm actually on the show. And they're like, oh, okay, you need to go back down to the box office and talk to so-and-so. I go, okay, whatever. I go down to the box office. I say, hey, I'm actually performing on the comedy show. They go, okay, just stay right there. They get on the radio. They're like, uh, box office one to artist one, box office one to artist one. We have, an art, we, have, we have a performer at the box office area ready to be picked up. I'm like, mate, what the fuck is this? What am I, what am I about to do, Coachella or something? And then a guy comes with a radio, he takes me outside, hands me off to another person with a radio, and then I go in like this secret door with this woman, and I'm like, man, this is a pretty professional setup, you know, what's going on here? It's nice to be treated well, you know, I love it. You know, you anytime you're being escorted around by someone with a radio, you just feel like you're a VIP, dude, you know? If you hear someone on the radio say, I've got Billy Darcy here... Either you're a big deal or you're being arrested, brother, okay? And honestly, the last time I was escorted around by someone with a radio was when I got dragged out of the clock hotel by six police um, because I had the world's tiniest joint in my jacket, okay? So, thanking, thanking the New South Wales police force. I guess that's relevant this week, 
given they have just recently tasered a 95-year-old woman. Okay, so the New South Wales Police Force continue to keep the streets hot and we appreciate the wild work they are doing out there, dude. Dude, here's the thing. If you okay, Just quick sidebar on this 95-year-old woman who got tasered by the police. And I don't even know if I should be joking about this because I think she might be like about to die. I'm not even, I don't, I haven't followed this story as closely as I should have. And I think she's actually not doing well as a result of the tasering. So I wish her the best. But here's the thing, dude. If you need to subdue a 95-year-old woman, don't tase her. Why don't you just pinch her on the arm? Just very, very carefully, just pinch her on the arm. Just go, oh, and I guarantee she will collapse, okay? So there's no need to fucking send 5,000 volts into this pensioner's system, okay? There's no... It's like the last time she would have interacted with a police officer would have been like Woodstock, 68, okay? So there's no need... And, you know, this is something that we didn't traditionally think would have to be said in New South Wales, you know? But the boys with the batons get a little hot-headed in, uh, in, this, in this country's most relevant state. You know, it's a bit of a swing-first type situation here in New South Wales sometimes. And... Here's the thing, yeah, if you need, just don't, what's the cutoff for tasering? Should we say 93? A conservative 93 on the tasering, I think, would be for the best, okay? Anyway, so this lady with the radio escorts me backstage and she goes, have you performed here before? And I said, no, I have not. And she said, do you want to have a quick look at the room while the crowd's filing in? It can be a little intimidating out there. But honestly, I did my best not to burst out laughing. Intimidating, okay? Babe, you're talking to Billy fucking Darcy, okay? Many things intimidate me. Spaces are not one of them, okay? There are rooms in this country that are intimidated by me, not the other way around, babe, okay? What have we got, 150 people in Cinema 7? Who gives a fuck? Let's go. And And just to be polite, I said, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. In my mind, I'm literally thinking, who cares? I'm literally thinking that, okay? Dude, we go in this side door. There's like a thousand people out there. It's it's fucking intimidating, okay? God bless this woman. What an absolute saint, okay? I had no idea what sort of a gig this was. It's big, okay? (laughs) Like, it's a big gig. And and I go, and there's... (laughs) So I go, she goes, yeah, it's pretty cool. Huh? I go, yeah, wow. Awesome. Oh, looking forward to it. In my head, I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on, dude? This is like, what? what is this? The, the freaking Melbourne Comedy Festival Gala? This is crazy. I said, right. I go, thank you so much. She goes, can I get you anything? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. And then in my head, I'm going, right, Bill, switch on, brother. Okay. You piece of shit. That no space can intimidate you. Who do you think you are? You know? Now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let's go. Let's let's get the gears going a little bit. We got a bit of a job on here, lads, okay? And uh this this TV star from the eighties owned the cinema. The whole cinema complex. Apparently is he's like a millionaire now. Mike Walsh, I think his name was. And there was like in the backstage area, it was like a boardroom. There was like twelve logies. Uh, the guy had won literally 12 Logies and there was like a couple of Arias there as well. I don't know if he sings or what, but 
Mate, it was unbelievable. Husey was on the lineup. Husey was loving the Logies, you know? They had a big sign that said, don't touch the Logies. And it was it was good it was there because me and Husey would have had our paws all over them. We were enamored by these Logies, okay? Husey was looking at the Logies and I almost put up an Instagram story being like, yeah, you wish, Husey, you'll never get one of these. But, but then I thought, nah, that's disrespectful. So, and Husey, you know, I'm looking at Husey, look at these Logies. I'm thinking, Husey hosts the Logies and he's still... Such, got such reverence for these awards, you know. Speaks to the institution of Australian comedy and the, and the television industry. But, yeah, so there's all these Logies backstage. There's, like, beers and champagne and shit. Um, Nikki Britton hosted. She smashed. And then it was Tahir and then Husey. They were the first two acts on this gala lineup. And I'm like, dude, Tahir is smashing smashing dude, okay? Like, people are falling out of their chairs. And now I'm pacing around backstage going, okay, we got a bit of a job on here, lads. We got a bit of a job on. So I'm like Troy Bolton running around that golf course, you know? Bet on me, lads. I'm shadow boxing and shit. Husey's going, are you all right? I said, Dave, I need a moment, brother, okay? I need a fucking moment. And, oh my God, what a gig. What, I was only in like the second half, by the way. I had like the cushiest spot ever, like freaking third in the second half. And wow, what a time it was to be alive. Dude, I walked out there. I got myself... Do you ever get yourself too hyped for something? I've never got myself this hyped before, like, because usually you go to a gig that's a big gig and you're like, you're hyping yourself up. But this gig, because I walked in thinking it was just another gig. And now I'm like, oh, this is huge. I had to do like two hours worth of hyping in like 10 minutes. So, you know, I'm just in the bathroom stall watching like Alexander Volkanovsky highlights on my iPhone, just going, us, us, us. Like just getting real weird, dude. And then I walked out. I remember walking onto the stage thinking like, I'm, I will assault a crowd member if that's what it comes to. You know, I was like, by any means necessary. Okay. Dude, dude, honestly, the booker asked me what how what my plan was for the gig. I said, I'm gonna take the strap off this fool and then move up to 155. And he was like, What the fuck are you talking about? And then I just kept shadow boxing, dude. So I, I charged out onto this stage. I charged out, grabbed the mic, bam. Honestly, dude, I would have had the set of my life, but I got so freaking hyped up and pumped. And I was like crushing, dude, like having an unbelievable set, but I flubbed two lines. Like I said, I can't remember which line it was. I said like, oh, I can't even remember. But I flubbed like my third punchline and like and one at the end. And it was it was because I was like too amped up, dude. But if I didn't do that, my God, I would have had the greatest set of my life on Wednesday night. Unbelievable gig. And then, uh, yeah, and that's the thing, mate, is that anyone can sit in the fucking in the setups to 70 people. But, you know, it takes some real balls to sit in the silence uh, when there's like a thousand out there. So I just got too pumped up, I think. Should have calmed myself down a bit, but still an unbelievable gig. And then because it was at a cinema, afterwards I came off, they gave you a chock top. What? How good's that? Imagine you've just put the tools down and someone goes, would you like a chock top? Um, yes, Suzanne. I would love a chock top, Okay. So, just an unbelievable night, unbelievable gig. Then the next night, I went and did the comedy store, sold out, unbelievable, dude. Not a lot of yarns here, to be honest. It was just like the best gig ever, 
Biggest solo show I've ever done in one night. So that was sick. Crowd was great. Thanks to everyone who came. Uh, yeah. Can't think of anything too notable. Did sort of a bit of a meet and greet after, which was great. A lot of fun. And yeah, went to the Shakespeare Hotel afterwards and just got pretty bloody hammered. Mate, had um, half of like a mushroom chockey thing. Mate, can we... Let's get these in a production. My God, it was like mushies in chocolate. And it was like, you know, a pretty uh, docile amount of mushrooms. You weren't wigging out or anything. But my God, dude, what a time these things were. You just felt great. Like just real phenomenal. I remember I was walking past Rowan and he was talking to like these two really hot chicks. And I was talking to like maybe just 12 blokes. And I was like, ah, Rowan, that jammy bastard, always talking to chicks. I go, God damn him. And then... And then I was like, mate, your experience does not affect his and vice versa. You know, go on, Rowan. You're having a great time with the lads. What's the issue, Bill? You know, don't let your ego get in the way of this of this cracking night. And I was like, mate, you're fucking on the money, Bill. And then I thought I was like just being a legend in my own mind. And then I was like, oh, that's right. No, I took that mushy chocolate thing like an hour ago. Must be starting to kick in, you know. So what a great time. What a great time. What a great night. Um, just thank you to everyone who came. Yeah, like nothing really notable. One guy, I've got this shooting bit in America and it's like, I want to just skirt past the shooting bit to tell this joke. And then I go, yeah, there was a shooting in America. One guy just burst out laughing just at that bit. So that was sort of eventful as I sort of tore strips off him because, mate, sometimes you want to just... This happened a few times where you say, oh, there was a shooting when I was in America. And, you know, I'm trying to sort of tiptoe into this bit. I don't want to, like, talk about the shooting too much. Bums people out, you know? Here's a little showbiz tip from me to you. If you just talk about people getting shot dead without a punchline for too long, it really harshes the vibe in the room. So I would just want to say there was a shooting just to get into this other joke. My joke's not even about the shooting. Okay, so I just want to sort of scoot past it and tiptoe into this shooting bit. And like five times on this tour, people have just burst out laughing. You know, I think they're just, you know, they just can't, I don't know. There's just like a tension in the room. People just laugh. I don't know. But it's not great for the vibe of the bit. I'll say that. So I just smashed that bloke a bit. But apart from that, a phenomenal show. Thanks you so much to everyone who came. And like I said, I'm doing it one more time, Friday, June 2nd, next Friday, in Sydney. Last ever show of the Reckless Pelican. And then I'm done for the year. I know I said that last time, but I know a few people missed out on this show. So if you'd like to see it, Friday, June 2nd, in Sydney, get those tickets via the link of my Instagram bio. This episode, as always, is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped, calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. And if you're not, dude, like, I can't help you. Okay, that's why Manscaped have upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 with improved blades and motor. You can feel the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands, dude. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance Package 4.0 for no additional cost. Save money and attack your nose and ears hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, to get 20% off and free shipping. That's code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, 
all capitals for 20% off and free shipping. Mate, once you start getting rid of your nose hair, you'll just be like, colors will be brighter. It's like, what what purpose does nose hair serve other than letting people know you grew up in the Great Depression? Okay, get rid of it, lads. You're, you're embarrassing yourself and you're embarrassing your mates by association, okay? I've been using this thing. Gave one to Rowan as well. Rowan's ear hair was... His, sorry, not his ear hair, his nose hair, dude. My God, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I had to sort him out. And the podcast is better for it, I'm telling you. If you're not using these Manscaped products, like that just tells me you're not grooming yourself because I don't know what other products you'd be using in this in this line. You know, as far as personal grooming goes, it's Manscaped or bust. You know, it's like if someone had an MP3 player back in the day, it's like, why don't you just have a fucking iPhone, dude? You know, it's weird. So, our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We love the Weed Whacker 1.0. Oh, boy, did we love it, okay? (laughs) But this thing is an absolute upgrade, and I will attest to that, dude. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, this nose and ear trimmer comes with skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. Also, the Weed Whacker 2.0 is included in Manscaped's tool sets, including the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. Let's face it, nose hair is a major turnoff, so let Manscaped be part of your daily grooming routine. It is time to level up your groom game. So once again, save 20% off and get free shipping when you use code word Darcy, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. One more time, that is code word Darcy for 20% off and free shipping when you shop at manscaped.com. Okay, get amongst it and get the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. Okay, up next, a couple of topics I'd like to crack into. So... Disastrous news for sharehouses everywhere. Netflix are cracking down on the account sharing. This is absolutely disastrous. Nothing short of it. If you count the out of the six apps I currently use, I have a login for Binge and that's it. Okay? And I don't want to trash Binge too much. There's some great shows on there. But as far as, you know, if you, if you, as far as the hierarchy of streaming platforms... If you're bringing binge to the table, you know, binge is a bit of an afterthought, okay? It's got the HBO stuff on there, which is pretty sick. But apart from that, yeah, you know, it's not the most relevant app. And that's really the only login I'm sort of trading around town for these other logins of more relevant streaming platforms. And like I said, share houses are fucked, okay? At the old place with the boys, we had like seven streaming platforms and I think we had no logins. It was all like people we used to live with, parents, some guy we met one time who came over. We had we had our mate's boss's KO login for five years, right? Samo's worked at Fox Sports, like, I don't know what the, probably three years ago. We had his login for like six years. We had his boss's login for six years. He hasn't worked at Fox Sports for three years, 
and we had his boss's login for six in total. Like, this is the sort of stuff. It's unbelievable, okay? And the thing with this is, you know, Netflix uh, is the main one. I don't know if you really even need Netflix anymore, to be honest. Uh, but as far as this, it's just, you know what this is? It's the good times are over with streaming services now. You know, it's like when Woolies self-serve checkouts first came out and for like the first four years, they just had no idea how to stop people stealing. They didn't even know people would steal, you know? This is my impression of the CEO of Woolworths finding out people are stealing on the self-serve checkouts. You're kidding. How? Okay, that was... Now, I don't do a lot of impression work, but that's a little character I just did. So, that's you know, I'm, I'm a three-dimensional performer. I think everyone would agree. And, you know, there was that sweet spot where it was like, just, and then, you know, they bring in the scales. They bring in the cameras. They bring in the 64-year-old Asian woman standing over your shoulder because you've been caught twice before at this same Woolies. Okay, so they bring in these technological advances um, to sort of snuff this stuff out. And, and, and by the way, play it on, okay? I no longer steal at Woolies because those times are gone. Okay, everything, and, and there'll be another new thing. And this streaming thing, we've all been account sharing. We've all been stealing each other's logins. It says they're going to track your IP address now, which is pretty unfortunate because I don't know what an IP address is. So it's very hard to defend against an attack where you, you don't even understand the concept. So it's unfortunate. It's the end of an era. And yeah, I don't know, dude. So, and here's the thing with streaming services now is like take me back to the old days of just netflix and stan okay you steal a mate's ko you've got the world at your feet okay and i would support stan because it was like supporting the little guy the little aussie fella that could okay now there's so many streaming services and like you just need a streaming service for like one thing and like netflix doesn't even do free trials anymore like i had to get netflix on the weekend just to watch the conor mcgregor doco and it's like, they're so sneaky with the packages now. Like, I got the $6 package, which is like, I think it's in 240p. Uh, you, you have ads and also like, you have to watch like, I don't know, nine news before your program comes on. Like, it's fucking shit house, brother. And I tried to, we have a Chromecast in this house. We're going to get an Apple TV, okay? I don't want to hear about it. We haven't got one yet, but we have a Chromecast and my package of Netflix did not come with the ability to Chromecast. It's like, what are you talking about the ability to Chromecast? You know, I bought the Chromecast or one of my roommates did and the telly. Okay. Don't tell me where I can project my Netflix. Netflix. Okay. So that's how, you know, sneaky they are now. So I had to upgrade my package just to send it to another screen. Um, very bizarre. And now I've watched the Conor McGregor doco. You know, it was four parts. I, I watched it in two sittings. I could have easily watched it in one, but it would have been too gluttonous of me, you know? And so now I'm like, I've got Netflix. I'm like, I want to cancel this shit immediately, okay? And I think where this is headed is everything's cyclical, you know? It's not cool to do this right now, but give it another 10 years. It's like chicks with low-waisted jeans. We've just had a whole decade of high-waisted. Okay, I'm trying to think of other examples, but, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, everything is cyclical. And where we go, I'm hoping this is where we're headed back to, is where you'll go back 
Because here's the thing, mate, is right now, I've just purchased Netflix. Netflix has thousands of television shows and movies I can watch, documentaries, everything and anything under the sun. The reality is I just don't want to watch any of it, nor do I have the time, okay? I, just, I don't really watch telly like that, you know? I'm not, I can't ingest all this stuff. What do I want to watch? Right now, I'm watching The Sopranos, and I want to watch maybe like Avatar The Last Airbender again soon. I'm due to go around on that again soon, okay? I think where we're headed again is these streaming services will all collapse in on each other, and you'll just go back to the good old days of Blockbuster Video, where you'll just say, I want to rent Avatar The Last Airbender for three weeks, and then it'll come up on your thing, hey, this is due to be returned digitally, you know? In, in three days, would you like to renew it for an extra five bucks? And you'll go, bam, you know? And that way then, once Avatar The Last Airbender expires, you're done, you're out. Whereas now, I purchased Netflix, in essence, just to rent the Conor McGregor doco. I'm going to forget about this for sure. Look at my haircut. I'm forgetting about shit all the time. Then next month, here's another $12.99 coming out. I haven't used Netflix in a whole month. I'm furious. I forget to do it again. 25 years from now, these guys have taken eight grand off me. And all I've watched is seven minutes of a Burt Kreischer stand-up special that I personally thought was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Okay, so this is where we're at. They're just, they've got their hand in your back pocket. You can't remember what to do. And I think we're headed back to Blockbuster Video, and I pray we are. Okay, I pray we are. Okay, up next, a story I would like to talk about. And this is something I've actually, I've been on this story for a couple of months. So, and it's not going to seem like it at the start, but let me explain. So, a non-binary C-Folly bikini model, right? Now, I know you're thinking, Bill, you have not been covering non-binary models on this podcast. And do you know what, guys? That's fair enough, okay? My hand is up. If there is one criticism of Get Around Me, and let's be honest, if there is a criticism, there couldn't possibly be more than one. If there is one, it would be that my coverage of non-binary models has been less than satisfactory. But my coverage of incidents at Jetstar Gates has been top-notch, okay? And I've been telling you guys, you know, the Orange Army aren't fucking around anymore with this carry-on stuff, okay? Seven kilos, and they're doing the scales thing and your orange tag, like... And I've been I've been flying Jetstar for years, you know, for what? My comp, like, last five years, I've been flying... Five, six years, flying Jetstar pretty regularly, or more than the average person, uh, for comedy, excluding the pandemic. And I'm telling you, five years ago, this seven-kilo baggage thing was... It was a it was a vibe check, you know. They they tap the top of your bag and be like, that feels like seven kilos. Most of the time, they wouldn't even check. Okay, you could just I I before this tour, I've not checked a bag in about six years because you would just take fifteen kilos worth of stuff onto the plane. Okay, not the case anymore. I've told you guys, and I've seen some crazy blowups. I I told you about um that wog woman just absolutely laying out this Asian woman in fr- like wild at like 6.30 a.m. because this Asian woman had like a 12 kilo bag and she's screaming and this wog woman just came over and went, nah, we're not having this, babe. Okay, it was wild. And I've seen a lot of these confrontations because here's the thing is they say on the flight 
you know, email you receive, seven kilo bag limit, okay? And that's fine. But put in red writing, hey, we're going to fuck you up if you don't adhere to this, okay? Because I like I like everyone else. I've, they've always said seven kilos. They never actually meant it, you know? Now the airlines are so, um, you know, they're so strapped for cash, allegedly, even though Qantas are posting apparently record profits for this year, those absolute dogs. Um, they're smashing everyone for this. And it's like you just need to communicate in the emails and the, uh, you know, the freaking boarding passes. It should say on your boarding, pa- boarding pass, gate 57E, brackets, seven kilos, and we fucking mean it. Okay, like because it's just not coming across, and I've seen people where, to be to be fair, it does ruin people's morning where they're all excited for their trip to whatever, and then this guy comes over and goes, "You owe me hundred and thirteen dollars." Okay, and especially you know Jetstar people flying Jetstar, they're not the rich and famous, they're not the wealthy. Okay, so you know someone's flying Jetstar to the Gold Coast or whatever, they're probably not the richest person ever. They've just paid twelve dollars for an ice long black. And you want to come over and say, hey, it's give me an extra $137. You know, it's a bummer, okay? So I understand people getting angry. And I will say that traditionally, you know, it's never it's never young people. You know, it's always old people. Like this Asian woman who blew up, she's like 55. It's always older people, okay? People in their 40s and stuff. And they just can't hack it, okay? Young people, you see they're they're pissed off, they're dejected, but you know. It's a wild world. Old people are so surprised by everything, you know? I was walking um, out from the airport just last week, coming back from Adelaide, and I was walking behind this man. He's about 63 or something, in his 60s. And we're getting to that part where you have to go through those weird glass opening doors to, like, head out to the baggage carousels. And I'll admit, to be fair to this man, maybe the signage could have been better. He starts looking everywhere, and, like, the door's just to his right. And I'm about to walk up behind him and, and point it out to him. And he starts looking around with such distress. And then he goes up to a security guy. He goes, how do I get out of here? And it's like, mate, you couldn't find the door for like 0.7 of a second. And I said, I said, mate, it's just over here. And the security guard just looked at him like, it's going to be fine. Okay. These oldies, like sometimes something in your life will happen that is minimally unexpected. Okay. And so, we come back to our non-binary friend, the sea folly model. Now, I would never speculate about someone's age. I think this guy's, this this person, I'm not sure their pronouns, but this person's about mid-40s, okay? So, let's roll that out. I'd say maybe mid-40s and anyway, got charged $100 for being 10 and a half kilos over the carry-on limit. That's 17 kilos, okay? So, it's like... Dude, the freaking check limit is 15 kilos. So this is wild. And got into a huge argument with Jetstar, then had to be escorted out by the federal police, did not fly because of the bag baggage limit. And I've seen this. I've seen people get this fired up over this stuff. And here's the thing. Said that they were subject to racist and homophobic behavior. And it's like brother or sister or... It's, it's tough when you don't know someone's pronouns but um but to this person it's like mate i can assure you that there was no uh discrimination of any kind because i've seen people of all you know gender sexuality race creed 
I've seen, no matter, mate, it's all about the scales for the Orange Army, okay? They will lay you out, brother, regardless of where you come from or, or whatever you're about, okay? So, and like to, to escalate this to the federal police is insane. Absolutely freaking insane. Uh, they said in a statement, I hate Australia, you know, which is a pretty dramatic thing to say. Like, I'm in for, uh, like, <laughs> I'm not in for it, you know. When people say, I hate Australia, it's like, that's such a, you know what I mean? It's so funny to say, I hate Australia. And this is the funniest thing. This person was flying to Fashion Week in Sydney and was charged for having a wildly amount of more uh, carry-on baggage than you can have. But it's like, to be charged a little bit of extra money because you didn't follow the rules on your way to Fashion Week... And then say, I hate this country. It's like, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, maybe if you're like, if you're like heading into a cobalt mine in the Blue Mountains and, and the boss, you're getting paid 25 cents an hour by the Australian government. If you were to, in that situation, say, you're working 14 hours a day in a cobalt mine for 25 cents an hour, if you were to say in that moment, I hate Australia, I could hear it, okay? But to be flying to Fashion Week and to to blame this great nation for maybe the negative experience you're having in that particular moment, I can't help you there, mate. I cannot help you there. And also, it's hilarious to carry on like you're important or famous or rich or or it, like you've been... You're anything really on a Jetstar flight to, to to Sydney, so it's like it's like so you're going to Fashion Week. You're so cool. You're so famous. You're doing so well that you're flying Jetstar from Melbourne to Sydney. It's like the shortest flight imaginable, dude. You know, a hundred bucks. No wonder you couldn't afford the extra hundred bucks for carry on, dude. You're broke, brother. Okay, you got nothing going on. But Jetstar denied these allegations of discrimination. And I got to say, like I said. Um, yeah, this is no good. And I've, I read in the article that this person has been dropped from a few other labels just for real weird erratic behavior. So clearly a pelican. And, um, uh, let me tell you that the orange army will not be stopped, uh, in their, in their path towards charging every cunt they can for carry on baggage. And I'm not justifying the charging. I think it's too expensive as well, but I'm just saying that I've seen a lot of this shit over the last couple of months and it is wild out there. Okay. So there's no need to sort of claim that you're under some sort of a homophobic attack and then, you know, get in a row with the Australian Federal Police over a pretty standard policy. Anyway, last thing here, and the camera's about to run out, but that's okay because no one watches this on YouTube. And I'd just like to launch in to the project for this week. Now, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. And this week, you know, I've been talking about Australian music the last couple of weeks. Triple J, as always, doing the Lord's work. I love Triple J. I love the work they do for Australian music. I love how um, some of their presenters are in their 40s. And I love everything about the station. So Triple J have done it yet again. Obviously, I'm absolutely, I absolutely froth the hottest 100. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that about me. They've done it again, hottest 100, but for Leica versions. Dude, I love Leica versions. I fucking love them, okay? And so I thought for this week, so you can vote on your hottest 100 Leica versions. Now, I'm not sure how many 
uh, votes you get. I haven't done a proper sit down because when I'm doing stuff on my computer, if I'm listening to music, I pretty much exclusively listen to uh, like a versions on YouTube. I just queue them up and just have them go. And I love them. So these aren't necessarily, if you only get five votes, I don't know if this would necessarily be my five, but it would pretty much be this. And I need to really get in the weeds with it. And anyway, so these are five of my favorite Australian Leica versions that if you haven't checked these out, check them out and maybe give them a vote. And also, I highly encourage everyone to vote for Australian artists in this countdown. I advocate for, it's so funny to say I advocate for this. It's like, you know, it's not life or death, but I reckon the Hottest 100 should be only Australian acts. You know, each year with the Hottest 100, an Australian act gets into the top 10, like a Spacey Jane the first time or something. Amy Shark, the first time she came second. And it Tash Sultana that year came third. And it blows them up to crazy proportions. They're one of like the, the two Aussie artists in the top 10, and of which they're the only one that hasn't blown up, you know? It'll usually be like Flume and like, you know, Spacey Jane, and then maybe like a new Aussie artist, and they blow up off the back of it. And we're like, how good's that? And then, and then the rest of the artists are international artists who never needed it. So... I think it should be just Australian artists. But anyway, here are five of my all-time favorite Australian Leica versions. Firstly, Dear Seattle covering the special two by Missy Higgins. Dude, when I saw this pop up on my newsfeed, I was like, literally like, this is just crazy. It's like this was made for me. One of my favorite punk bands covering one of my favorite Australian artists, one of my favorite all-time songs. It's like a punk rock version of the special two. If you haven't heard it, I just can't... I don't know how to describe music. I don't know how to say... Me describing music is just me saying something is sick over and over again. So I'll try to avoid that. Next up, Paul Dempsey covering Edge of Town by The Middle Kids. I love, love that song. It's just him on acoustic guitar just going for it, dude. His voice at the end... Oh my God. Like I've previously said, it's sick. Up next, I got Alex Leahy covering Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. This one's kind of the opposite of Paul Dempsey. She gets like a big band involved. She's got like the violins and shit. And then it's like the first minute is real slow. And then, you know, it's just rocking out. So good. So good. Next up, Amy Shark, Sugar We're Going Down. Love this. This is like kind of a slower one. You know, one thing I do love about Leica versions is when people take big swings. And this isn't the biggest swing from Amy, but it's just an artist I love covering a song I love. And she does do it her own way. So I don't know, dude. As far as Leica versions go, there's nothing wrong with that. And I really like it. Finally, this is a great one. And I reckon this one went under the radar last year. I want to say, or the year before. I, yeah, I. it's definitely, I want to say maybe last year, Vera Blue covering Stay by Kid Leroy. This is unbelievable in that it's just a completely different song. Like you would, like when I first listened to it, I was like, dude, I love this. I was like, what song is this? Like, I didn't know it was a Stay cover. Okay. And Vera Blue has just got an unbelievable voice and... I don't know enough about music to explain what she's done here, but there's some bloke on a xylophone at one point. It's a big band behind her. Like, it's cool. It's really cool. 
So there's five of my favorite Aussie Leica versions. I also love that Jesus Walks Like a Virgin by Tucker Perry with that uh, that chick rapping. I can't remember her name. I apologize. But it's just her in hoodies, uh, in a hoodie and sunnies, just going nuts, dude. And it's really good. Anyway, so check those out. Vote in the Hottest 100. Uh, we got Rowan coming up in the second half. Spoiler alert, he tried to fight a pommy bloke in Bondi who did not deserve it. And that's a pretty good yarn. And then I got my encore show, Sydney, June 2nd, Friday. Come on down. And then I'm done promoing. And thank you so much uh, for listening. You. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, etc. Joining me as per... On Matt, I'd like to run another name past you, actually. <laughs> yeah, okay. The beer drinking hustler pod. <laughs> oh, I like the hustler part about it. Well, you I, know how we hustle. I know. I'm a money making millionaire. Hundred percent. Okay, Mister Steal Your Girl. Nice, Mister yeah. Steal Your Girl. That could be like your alias, bro. Post cashy, post cashy. This is a hustling pod. Hustling pod, big time. Yeah, I've never seen you so geared up, mate. When Rowan came in on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And threw thirteen hundred dollars in fifties at me. <laughs> I threw it at the world as well. It was a big fuck you to a lot of people. Yeah, I could tell. I was just like, I was just like the the target. <laughs> yeah. But you weren't just seeing me. No, no, it was a lot of people that um. At one point, I swear you screamed, "What about this, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> like fuck everyone, you fucking losers. I make motherfucking money. It was um, it was very well deserved. Yeah, right, mate. Well, mate, great to hear this energy you're on. Lesson learned. Always overquote a single mum. Yeah. Lesson learned. Mate, I think they call that the mechanic's back pocket. <laughs> I love when tradies go, um, mate, um, clean hands, dirty money, dirty hands, clean money. I'm like, you guys are criminals as well. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you're constantly gosh. lying to people's faces. What are you talking about? Dude, yeah. <laughs> you guys are scum. What are you talking about? I mean, everyone's got a thing where you're pushing it in your respective field. But I think it's just tradies because it's a lot of the time it is cash. So, mm. you feel it more when you're yeah. handing over a wad. Yeah. It was really 900, was it? Just to realign my front door. <laughs> I swear I only saw you use a screwdriver and a piece of sandpaper. But anyway, mate, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. But You wouldn't understand the insurances, mate, on doing cashies. It's fucking through the roof. Yeah, mate. Well, if you, if you take a fall, who's going to be on the line? Exactly. This poor single mum. Who, some would argue, already had enough on her plate. She wanted some pointing redone, mate. Well, good. That's the cost in this city. Also, any, I'm sorry, actually. I don't know if I could go in on any sympathy for someone who's engaging the work of a stonemason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're not exactly servicing the belters, or the battlers, I should say, of this great city. The most beautiful thing about it, for sure, yeah. Poor people, get the fuck out of here, mate. Only the rich. Only the rich can afford stone. I know. What a beautiful world we live in. Mm. Reminds me of Taylor Swift's song, Only the Young. Only I think young. she was- You were one of the money-making sort of criminals she was talking about. We got to drain the swamp, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Donny T back in and these stonemasons out. Mate, the stonemasons <laughs> are very benevolent. Good boys. We'll leave that there. But anyway, mate, we've been living together, as you know, and <laughs> I've been critical of you, mate. I've, I think it's been pretty- documented on the pod critical on the pod yeah yeah yeah, yeah. an absolute puppy dog behind closed doors obviously we, yeah right. that's someone needs someone to flip his broccoli dude 
Yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd like to point this out, mate. Last night, and here's the thing, mate, is it's almost a survival instinct from me, is just looking meek in front of people who can perform the skill I need performed. Yeah, yeah. It's just so pathetic. I'm like a damsel of distress. <laughs> <laughs> Billy slapped down three unseasoned pork steaks onto a pan at the same time as broccoli and was like, bro, what's going on here? Let's chuck some pepper and salt on this thing first. I go, Rowan, how do you cook the pork? Mate, and you're just like, mate, get the fuck just out of the kitchen. Pouring at utensils. <laughs> I was like, this is so painful, bro. I was just making some tabbouleh, being like, this motherfucker. Mate, you ever tried to cook unseasoned meat next to a guy making tabbouleh from scratch? <laughs> Dude, tabbouleh from scratch is like four things. Mate, There's no not from scratch tabbouleh. Oh, my God, mate. I'm telling you. It's tabbouleh from scratch, lads. This guy, look out for him on MasterChef. I would say, unfortunately, you're not- you're not- like interesting enough to be on normal master chef, but you're not famous enough to be on celebrity master chef. Bro, they love tradie chefs. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, but I think you know. Do you think that times past. I think so. Oh. I think they like brown tradie chefs now, mate. That show they got too good. Well, that's that's what you were telling me because yeah, I used yeah. to love master chef. Yeah, and um, then, I like, was I was like twelve at the you time. You watch Julie just mix it up, and you're like, damn, she's like better than my mum, but like they still. They could battle. Also, the thing is now they're too good at cooking and so not enough cunts are getting burned. Mm. You know when someone would just have like so much oil over them and like you could tell they're in so much pain, mm. but they just still had to get that thing out of the oven? Dude, it's all these people that know how to sous vide something for like- And then they're putting it in like an ultra freezer, then taking it out. And everyone at home's like, dude, what's going on here? Most chefs don't know what the fuck this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. This one you knock up for the kids, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before it would- yeah, And here's the thing, mate. This is the issue with MasterChef. In that before, it was about hardworking blue collar mums smashing out some of the hits. Yeah. Some big bitch from Adelaide. <laughs> What? That's what. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, that was the staple. And this is the problem with cooking, mate. It's gone too mainstream because before you said souvé. Yeah. Even I know what that is now. Yeah, I know. Mate, the, ten years ago, there's no way Billy Darcy knows what souvéing is. Souvéing, yeah. Souvéing, whatever. You know, two I thought, more years. What? Two more years, we'll get the pronunciation right. Well, mate, here's the thing: is I know it's putting stuff in boiling water yeah. in a plastic bag. Mm. Okay. Five years ago, I would have said for sure that's a gay slur. <laughs> So, that's where the world of cooking is at now, mate. Mate, yeah. Peak. Peak. Right on Neil's peak of it. Mm, mate, you're very calm right now, which I, I appreciate. It Thank you. Oh, are you trying to say I've been angry? Like, I have actually been very angry lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> I, I love said, how I you, you, now, you now pick up when I'm trying to subtly move the podcast forward. <laughs> you, would, you would easily just sit here for 45 minutes, talk about nothing in particular, and be like, Bill, another banger in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a few, have enough harsh words after a podcast. <laughs> Look Billy in the eyes. No, yeah, I have- um. Man, I've, I've spazzed out at a few people recently. You've, you've been off kilter. Yep. And the annoying thing is a lot of people just kind of assumed it was normal behavior from me, which I would like to say it's a little bit out of character. Okay. So, Rowan had a bit of, bit of personal stuff come up, which has since been sort of sorted out on his end, which you love to see. Mate. It's not, it's not anyone's business what the great man gets up to behind closed doors. But here's the thing. As <laughs> <laughs> or not behind closed doors also. Yeah, well, we'll just sort of leave things where they lie. But here's the thing is that- So, what we had in this house, 
and in surrounding locations, not just the house, different terrain. Mm. We had basically just Rowan extremely irritable, swinging wild at <laughs> the world. But the thing is, with Rowan is when you're sort of unstable generally, that people, if you continue to act that way, people aren't going to check in. That's what we found out, that for Rowan to receive a check-in, he needs to do something. Mate, you need to be pretty much standing on the Harbour Bridge going, I'm about to jump. And then I'll be like- Hey, mate, what's all this then? Something off? <laughs> I called some people in a cafe spastics and Michael was like, yeah, classic. Yeah. <laughs> Just awaiting a medical diagnosis, being like, am I in the clear? Am I not? <laughs> but yeah, a British man tried to fight me and then- So, let's let's unpack this, mate. So, and also, this is a bit of a tale of, uh, of, two, of two tales, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> because what happened was, so we did comedy Friday night. So, we had the big Sydney show Thursday. That was great times. And then Friday night, me and Rowan had a gig in Bondi. We went and did that a couple of beers beforehand. Just a really fun gig. Yeah. Okay. All smiles. All smiles at the gig. Okay. Mate, here's the thing is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that comedy, it's for everyone. Mm. You know, it's a working class art form. It, there is no borders. There is no barriers of any kind. I will say that doing comedy for attractive people is so much more fulfilling than doing comedy for maybe your sixes in other areas. Mate, I just- Yeah, of course. Dude- They do talk more, for sure. They're ruder, but also, why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Dude, just making hot people laugh in Bondi after like four beers- I'm like, yeah, dude, there's nothing wrong with this. It's better than the mums in Cronulla for sure. A hundred percent. Rowan's like, how was your set? I was like, are you kidding? This Argentinian chick just said I'm funny. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) Yeah, just beautiful women cracking up and then having to explain to their friend next to them why they thought it was funny. Go ahead, doll. It's all good. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll stop for you. I will stop for you. But anyway, mate, so then we head out for a couple of bears after good times. We went to... I mean, can we talk about Bondi on a Friday night? What a shithole. What the fuck, dude? Mate, I guess everyone that lives in Bondi that is cool just kind of leaves Bondi at night. Mate, what's going on? Because, mate, when I go to Bondi, okay, trendy, trendy suburb area Bondi on a Friday night, I'm looking to rip and tear, dude. Yeah, dog shit. Nothing going on. We went to the Beach Road Hotel. Nothing going on. Less than nothing. Bunch of British people bumping into each other. Dude, these palms, they're so goddamn, like, clumsy, dude. (laughs) Clumsy. And anyway, so this brings us to- So, we go to the beer garden, okay? Upstairs. Now, a tale of two stories from here. I, unfortunately, have had a pretty embarrassing slide back on the cigarettes recently. And, you know, big week, end of the tour. I thought I could absolutely inhale a cigarette in one breath. Mm. So, I saw a couple of blokes smoking cigarettes on the other side of the beer garden who looked like they were in my demographic Mm. of blokes who would be able to tolerate maybe 15 minutes of conversation with me. Mm. Okay. So, I leave. Now, I go over there, mate. I meet these two blokes, um, just two of the all-time greats, just like two 24-year-old guys in puffer jackets. I could see you in the background. You're having a great time. One of them had incredible hair. Unbelievable hair. (sighs) He had the sort of hair where it looked like he was using performance enhancers, but- uh, he, was, he was like 24. Just genetics, man. Yeah. It's like, even if he knew nothing about NRL, KO would be forced to give him a job if he were to apply. <laughs> like, that. this guy's hairline was crazy, yeah. dude. Um, anyway, so great guy. So, I went off and just made a couple of mates, okay? 
You catch mm. more you catch more fucking bees with honey babe, you know? I come back to the group and this pommy guy, I go, Oi oi lads, what's going on? And Mac is like, uh, oh, we're just getting into it with these pommy blokes. I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, fucking oath, I'll have a bit of this. And then I thought it was all like a bit of fun. As so I go over to these pommy blokes, I go, oh, yeah, that's what's a goss. You know, heard there's a bit of friction. <laughs> and this short pommy guy's like, no, no, here's what actually happened. Here's what, what did he tell you? What did he tell you? We were having banter. Like, <laughs> Mate, we were having a fucking laugh. We were having a fucking banter. And then you had to go and call me a fat cunt. <laughs> I'm just crying laughing, being like, bro, I don't remember that. But so, I now, once Pat told me what I did say, because I was like, why would I just call you a fat cunt? So, that's mate, crazy. let's wind it back, brother. What happened? Oh, uh, we were just having a, we were having a genuine banter. Um, <laughs> but um, then Pat was calling him H, the, like the rapper. Do you know who H the rapper is? I do. Little, little geezer. And I said, oh, fat H, not real H. And then he just, mate, apparently touched a nerve, brother. And then how long between you saying fat H, not the real H, how long between that sentence, you finishing that, and him saying outside? Less than a second. <laughs> about, about a tenth of a second, maybe. Outside, mate. Outside. We're going outside now. We're going outside now. Like, oh, my. This guy was so keen to go outside, dude. That's all he said. Like, I was like, what's going on? He's like, outside. Outside now, mate. At one point, I was like, we are outside. This is a this is a drinking area outside. Dude, this guy, man, he was fired up. And here's the thing, mate, is I'm like, no one was actually fighting each other. Like, it wasn't- like- I was so- not, but I just knew there wasn't going to be any violence. Basically, this and this guy was um, short and a bit bit on the largest. He was one of these men who's like sort of built like a cube. Yeah, same up and down, wide as he is wide. You know, looks but, like a television from nineteen ninety one. This fella, if same he, dimensions. If he'd been fatter, I wouldn't have called him fat H. And, and it was and, just because he was he was and, just and, a cute boy. I I tell you what, Rowan. I tell you what, mate. That's fucking fair. That because I walk over there. This bloke's not that fat. He's not that fat. He was he's not fat he was at all. Made, He wasn't in shape. No. And if anything, if he was a little taller, he's probably not copping this fat age comment at all. <laughs> yeah. You well, know what I mean? Age is small himself. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. So, hey, this guy. But I've been in full on screaming arguments with people that are very obese and I don't bring it up. And then I walk away and be like, good on me, mate. I didn't fucking. Because it, it is a bit of a dagger. If oh, you it's are, no good. If you are very overweight, well, it is thing, a dagger. It, it's a personal attack. It's a personal it's attack. It's a personal attack. But this guy, mate, like, uh, he was he was like, mate, what did he tell you? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and and I, I'm just there, and I've just had the best time ever with my boys, you know? Mm. And I said, do you ever do this where you just like, walk, just say, I got to take a piss when someone's getting real aggressive? Mm. Like, this guy was like, so here's what happened, right? Here's what happened. <laughs> well, I lie, mate. I go, to be honest, mate, I'm desperate for a piss. Eh? <laughs> 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 and the other thing was, I, I was able to be that dismissive because the two blokes he will, he was with were like, ah, yeah, we don't really know. Yeah, and they- I was like, so what's happening? Where there's an issue, and they're like, not really. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want there to be an issue. They're like, oh, we're just having beers. I was like, me too. Yeah. And then the 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 H fella, he's like, everyone, get the fuck outside. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you all. Like, yeah. it was just one guy was just trying to get like four on four in a fight. That's why I wasn't worried at any point. Um, because- also, you must have had like 60 kilos on the bloke. Well, yeah. Mate, that- I reckon he must have been able to scrap. Yeah. Because you must have had, like, you were t- you were towering over this bloke. <laughs> so much bigger. Oh, my God. Like, the- no no uh, commission would sanction this fight. Of course not. 
And this oh. guy was so ravenous to, to punch on with you, mate. I reckon if he gets out there, you get mauled, brother. Yeah, probably. Um, but his mates were like so like not angry at all. I was like, mate, this guy's fucking going on. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. It's all, it's all going to be good, brother. So like when that's happening, when it's like everyone's staunching up, it's like, all right, let's de-escalate this a little bit. But um, de-escalation was not the route or is rarely the route I choose. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You kept antagonizing that bloke. Yeah. Basically, the whole situation was like a balloon on the ground where basically, there was like, what, me, Maka, you, Pat. I think that was it. Josh. Oh, Josh pairing. Um, he he was confronted by the whole thing because I don't think he knows you that well. <laughs> yeah. So, me- I was like the craziest person. He, he was like, Rowan, man, you got to stop. Me, Pat and Macro, like, this is business as usual. <laughs> Rowan's antagonizing a guy for no reason. This is just play on. Well, he kept, trying to, he kept going outside and I just kept leaning close to him and going, mate, everyone here thinks you're fucking pathetic. Everyone thinks you're so embarrassing. Well, that's what I'm saying about the balloon. Every time it was completely, there was nothing happening. Rowan would lean in and say, Say something horrific to this bloke, and then he'd be like, "Oh, outside, outside, mate." <laughs> and then like, and then so he'd be like, try to drag everyone outside, and then you got me, Macker, and Pat. We're like having a laugh about something completely unrelated. We don't even know this is still happening. And then his two pommy mates, they're like, I could just tell they're just great guys. They're, they're, you're just being a piece of shit. And then this one short guy is trying to carry enough anger for like eight of us. But also, I just genuinely get annoyed when people want to fight me over nothing so then i'm not like i'll fight him back but i am like i'm gonna start making this guy feel really bad yeah i'm gonna make him feel like a loser like this guy tried to fight me down the south coast is this a separate incident now yeah separate. okay like more like kind of like methy dad looking dude three quarter okay. length board shorts shorts and i took this dirt road and he claimed i turned too close to his ute and then he was going psycho what driving after you or well, yeah, he did follow me and then drive after me and then, like, because I went down a um, road that didn't go anywhere and then he was just yelling and then he was, like, bashing on my window. And then at the, at the start, I was just, like, fearful. I was like, get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck also, away Also, middle from of nowhere with a middle. methed up bloke. Oh, and then- this is not, this is, I'm not liking the optics on this, brother. Eventually, I just start getting annoyed that he wants to assault me. And now he just becomes all the other people that have assaulted me. Uh... So, then I start getting out of the car and just going- your wife fucking hates you. Your kids fucking hate you. Go home and hit your wife. And then he really fucking amped up. Okay. Then it became next level. Then it was like full on chasing me. And then I pulled into this car park at a beach where there are actually people in. And I jumped out. And I was like, yo, this guy's trying to beat the shit out of me. And some old guy just looked at me and then just turned around. I was like, oh, fuck. And just jumped back in my car and locked the doors. And he was just beating my car until I was like, what are you going to do? I'm going to call the cops. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's a lot to take in. So, it happens. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's a bit of context. If and here's do- the thing, mate. If this short fella, if this little cute short fella, if he knew that the, uh, that's the sort of bloke you are, he would have been like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't know. Yeah. Last time a British guy tried to do that to me, it was on George Street. Also a little fella. Mate, these, like, these short pommy fellas, mate. They fucking love it. They love it. And you just keep going, cut your fucking hair, cut your fucking hair, you fucking gay slur, gay slur, gay slur. And I was just and, like- And when was this, like last week? <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, I think, a year ago. And I'm just like, mate, just so you know, this is why everyone in this country fucking hates you guys. 
Just so you know that this this is how everyone feels and we all fucking hate the way you guys behave here. And this is Australia and you're just kind of pathetic. So, yeah, it just, sometimes you've just, that's the way you'd, well, I turned around after he like first backed off and Josh and Pat were like, man, that was fucking, that was crazy to watch. Well, fucking, that was, wasn't how I'd handle it. And I was like, just like. Well, how should I handle it? Dude, I, I don't dude, have another mode. Dude, Josh said every opportunity you had to de-escalate the situation, you did not take. <laughs> well, I also didn't want to lose. But uh, yeah, here's the thing, mate. You're trying to look like a good bloke, but also you started this fight. And then also you can't let this five foot four pom punk you out in the beer garden of a Bondi hotel, mate. Yeah, I was- You got so many balls in the air, brother. <laughs> I was staring into the abyss, bro. I was like, dude. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm standing there the whole time going like, I just see nothing unusual happening here. <laughs> Man, yeah, I don't know. It, that's the thing. You is there gotta- anything Is there anything we've learned? Is, is there anything we would do differently looking back on what happened? I don't know. Well, this situation, I think I played kind of perfectly. So, the comment, you look like H if he was fat. Okay, that- that, if I knew he was going to be so upset, I wouldn't say that. So, I'm thinking this this little fella, do you reckon he's just he's just come down from a few kegs higher? Do you reckon he's one of those guys where he's knocked over, you know, 30, 40 pounds, as the Poms would say, or stone or whatever, or kilos, whatever unit of measurement you subscribe to? Do you reckon he's sort of, he's shed of, uh, like 10, 15 kilos, Mate. but he's still got, he's, and then you've come in and said, you look like H, but fat. Mm. And he's thinking, mate, what's all this then? Uh, well, and you got a ponytail, mate. That'd piss me off, mate. Fucking British people hate the man bun. Oh, they, they hate it. They dude. hate it. Yeah, most of civilized society hates it. I think if you have a man bun in England, you're just like it's wretched. It's wretched. Yeah, they all get haircuts every nine days. They love it, dude. They love a fade. Yeah, they love getting haircuts. Um, but look, I have no idea. But I would, I would, positive to say. He's carrying around a little bit of baggage from somewhere, Billy. Oh, 100%. There's a little bit of baggage involved. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. There's no doubt. Oh, well, mate. Well, that was a nice way for you to put um, a really toxic stain on an otherwise pretty friendly night. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would like to say that he put the toxic stain on the night. He's the toxic one. Me. Someone was being toxic to me. And what what, what was I forced to do? Be yeah. incredibly cruel and toxic back. Do you think you if court of law right now? Oh, here's a good one as well. This is what I was doing. Where this guy was trying to fight me on the street in America. Yep. Um, and I just kept- Common denominator so far. But anyway. And I wasn't drunk at all. but he And he just kept yelling the N-word at this black dude. Um, this white guy was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my and God. And I was just waiting what, for my Uber. What state are we in? We're in Austin. We're outside. My okay. Bar. And I wasn't drunk. I'd just been smoking weed. Um, and I'm waiting for this Uber. And there's just all these drunk people around me. And this Uber's just going the wrong direction. And this guy's just here, like trying to- He's getting fake pulled back. He's getting pulled back. And then he like gets closer. And I'm like, mate, you are- And then he like pretends that he's getting pulled back. And he's just yelling the N-word at this black dude. And the black dude's getting properly held back. And I was like, mate, you're a fucking pathetic loser. And then he starts trying to fight me. And I just keep getting in his face going, if your dick was one inch bigger, you wouldn't have to do any of this shit. You wouldn't have to do any of this shit. And he's just going fucking wild. Oh my and this God. Black dude, this other black dude comes over and he's like, 
what's going on here? I'm like, oh, he's just he's just pissing me off, man. He's just yelling the N-word at this black dude for fucking 15 minutes. I'm trying to get this Uber. And he's like, oh, I did what? And just walks over and just decks the shit out of him. Oh! <laughs> Kept it within the races. Yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> and then they're just like wrestling on the street. And then I'm like, all right, it's done here. I don't need to yell at him anymore. Yeah, Jesus. So that one I kind of inserted myself into, Mate, to be honest. I mean, that one, you're like a social justice warrior. Hmm. Same, in, same. Honestly, you shouldn't. You shouldn't try and fight people originally. So maybe I'm always a social justice warrior. I'm always defending the streets from violence, mate. Yeah. I just happen to sometimes say a crook thing before the violence. Yeah, I mean the jury's out on this, man. I think you've told four stories. You're at fault in two of them. One of them's debatable. You really saved it with that last one. <laughs> but there's like a, a hate crime happening in front of your eyes. And you said, stop that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then and then a black guy came in and sort of finished the job. And I also said some things that would, would totally be wrong as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I said some nastier things that don't need to be. Interesting. But mate, it's been stressful around here. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Billy's coming off a big win. What are we talking about? Stress. He's a sold-out comedy store, man. Oh, my God. Here he goes. He's been-, be- he's been flaunting it around the apartment, around the house. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got the TV because of the comedy store, you know. Can I earn this one? Everything's earned this one. Yeah. He's picking at Imogen's food. Like, <laughs> Mate, I don't think you're allowed to pick at people's food just because you sold out the comedy store. I wanted to taste it, Rowan. <laughs> not your hummus, not your carrots. Really? Okay. Well, anyway, mate, a Frenchie told me once I sell more than 250 seats, I can just pick at anyone's meal. <laughs> I'm sure Frenchie does a lot of things that people don't like, mate. Oh, come on, mate. Don't do Frenchie like nah, that. No, I won't do Frenchie. Frenchie Frenchie's if- a friend of the pod, mate. Mate. Ooh, well, Sean's a friend of the pod as well. Sean Smith. Yeah. Have they got beef? Big time beef. Ooh. Yeah. She's banned from the Chippo for life, for threatening his life. <laughs> oh, I think I did hear about that. <laughs> she kept saying, what's your location from the Khabib McGregor thing? Because he crossed oh. out our comedy sign. <laughs> Mate, bloody Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what's your location? Dude, I remember one time- uh, there's this- <laughs> Maybe we should analyze- We should talk to them and analyze that beef because yeah. that would be fun. Because I yeah. love Frenchie. Yeah. But I love yeah. Sean as well. Yeah. That's a fun one where you love them both. Yeah, that is fun. Um, but dude, like Sean's a, Sean's a wild gal. Like I remember one time. <laughs> it's such a yobbo. So good. Dude, I remember one time someone was telling me the story um, about Sean punching this male comic in the face. And I got confused because I couldn't tell which time it was that she punched him because she's flogged him like three times. <laughs> It's like, Rowan, when I went through all those that weird Xanax time, like it's good because I use it in my show now. Now that I'm in recovery, I th- I filmed all those times just talking to the camera, so it's good artistic vision. And I'm like, Sean, that's you didn't have artistic vintage vision. You're just a yobbo from the mid north coast that grew up poor, so that's what you do. <laughs> she like had to like actively learn that you can't like call out beef on Facebook every day and shit. Dude, <laughs> call <it's-> people sluts. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love Sean. Dude, I remember, yeah, they were like, yeah, so then, like, round the back, like, Sean's just punched him right in the face. I go, the back of this place. And they go, no, 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 the back of this place. I go, 
what? And she's and they're like, no, no, this is the other time she hit him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that like she just flogged the same bloke multiple times. <laughs> she's like five two and weighs like thirty kilos. She's just throwing out the fucking. She's just handing out just like, mate. Put it this way: if Sharm was in that Bondi Beach beer garden, it's a different story. Absolutely. Yeah, mate. that that pommy bloke, mate. <laughs> he he he'd be he wouldn't be fat age. He'd be flat age. <laughs> Sharm would have just fucking taught him a lesson. <laughs> So good. Oh, man. God bless. Oh, yeah. So, I was saying it's stressful. Bup, bup, bup. Oh, we're back. On, we're both back uh, on the nicotine. Terrible. Mate, pathetic little worms we are. We are worms. God damn it, dude. You let you you give this fucking- You give this bloke an inch, he'll take everything. Mate, t- nicotine, mate. The, the cruelest friend you can, bro. Dude, literally. So, what happened to me was when I did my Adelaide shows last weekend- all the boys, the Adelaide comedians, were just smoking rollies. And one of the lads was a pom and he's smoke he's roll he's doing rollies. He goes, mate, oh, if you want more, just just roll as many as you want. And he's wearing a bandana and I've had like five beers and I was seduced. You know, we were sitting on the main strip of Adelaide, whatever that's called. You know, there's people around. I was on tour. Mate. That's what happens when you go to Adelaide, mate. You search for meaning somewhere. I know. I would find it in the nicotine. I was grabbing for meaning, dude. Yeah. I couldn't get enough. There's only 700,000 people that live here. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, dead set, dude. And here's the thing, mate. If you're not rolling cigarettes in Adelaide, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You'll just end up in the mines in three hours out of boredom. Yeah, dude. 100%. So then- And then I came back and then- Yeah, I don't know. I just- uh, Over the weekend- I think, I don't know what happened, but I think Friday, oh yeah, the, the Bondi Beer Garden. Yeah. I had two cigarettes with those lads. And then, because um, Saturday, I was doing nothing and also Sunday, because I've been away so much. <laughs> so then, next thing- <laughs> And most of Monday. <laughs> uh, Monday I worked. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's the thing with me is when I say all bets are off, like I'm just doing whatever I want. So slippery. Mm. So, dude, I went from just having like two cigarettes one night to then I'm like having like a cigarette with my coffee in the morning on Saturday, <laughs> just going like, I am the fucking man, mm. you know? And I'm thinking, oh, sweet, Monday, back to business. Mm. But then Monday, I had one again. I had like two on Monday night. And it's because but he's in there, mate. I know. He's in there and I can't get him out. I feel like that little pommy guy. Stop calling me fat age. Stop calling me for like. I, Stop calling me pathetic. I, I, I'm not pathetic. I feel like someone's calling me fat age until I have a cigarette, mm. and then no one's calling me fat age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've all got a different fat age in our head, mate. Yeah, exactly, brother. Who is your fat age? Mm. You know what is your fat age? But, but mate, and you've sort of been along for the ride. Yeah, it's been tough. You've you've been vaping a little bit. I, I still refuse to vape. Yeah, good on you. I I vaped at a wedding, and everyone was like, mate. If you just vape at weddings, what's the big deal? And it turns out the big deal is that next time you see anyone vaping, you'll be like, oh, could I have some of that? Oh, it's crazy, dude. And then dude. I'm just, just being a little germ at comedy shows, just being like, please, can I have a little oh. bit of vape? Oh, my God. Dude, I swear to God, like, I reckon when I was at my worst with the vaping, like, uh, I was going to say ratting. What is it? What's the word I'm looking for where you, like, mooch other Scab. people's vape? Scabbing. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was something ratty. Um, dude, when I was scabbing off people's vapes, I could just see the light in their eyes going. And mm. I'm like, dude, like, I'm just losing friends. Mm. You know? Someone told me no the other day and it was so- It hit me so hard. I'm like, Whoa. God, I'm such a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, because it's very no, much I, in the vape culture. N- normally I do, mate. Normally I do. But right now I just can't. I just can't. 
going on tour. I'm, I don't want to get sick. No, 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 no. I normally give you heaps. I normally give you heaps. And then it's just like, fucking hell. This is fucking a sad Yeah, affair. and then you feel like shit, dude. Mm. But the thing with a vape is that, well, mate, firstly, good on that person for saying no. Mm. Um, because, you know, if you're going on tour or whatever, mate, Um, but the thing with the vapes is like, mate, you're just like, I just need one hit. But yeah. then like, come on, brother. Yeah. What are we living in, dude? Yeah, I've gotten to the point with some people, it's quite sad that I can just lift my hand in a certain way and a vape will be placed into it. And oh it's my like, God. Mate, I'm dude, a, I swear to God. I'm just mal- a greedy king in the corner being like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just, yep, give it to me. But then the thing is, like, as soon as you buy a vape, it, you know what it is? It's like the grass is always greener. Yeah. As soon as I buy a vape, I just look at it and go, like, why do I have this? I bought two and thrown both of them into bushes. Yeah, I, I've done that as well. <laughs> you do that on, like, the Saturday night walk home, like, where you just go, like, you literally just, like, got the greed goblet in your head. You're, like, you're looking at the vape going, like, I hate you. <laughs> and then, like, it's such a crap decision because, like, you've been vaping your head off all night and now you're, like, I don't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now that I've been vaping for 10 hours straight, mm. now I'm, like, and then the next morning you wake up and you're, like, oh, we- I wish I had that vape. <laughs> There's so much nicotine in my body that I'm strong enough to drop this in a bin. You're, like, God damn it, Arneel, you motherfucker. Dude, I used to love vaping hungover. Mm. It would just like give you, I think it was like, it's something about the optics of it where you're like, make me better. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, no. But mate, we're in all sorts now. You and me had a cigarette last night on a school night. Yep. After, on a, on Sunday, sharing a cigarette and then going, last one, mate, last one. Okay, so there's some controversy here. <laughs> because you came home from work on Monday and you were like, mate, how'd you go? Any cigarettes today? And I go, yeah, I've had two. <laughs> And you were like, what? <laughs> and I didn't realize we made like this blood pact. Like, I, I, thought, I thought last cigarette ever and a handshake was plenty for not to have one in the morning. Here's the thing. I mean, I was like, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that was like a thing we were in on together. When yeah. I told you I'd had two, you were like shattered. Yeah. And I just rolled a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Shattered and very happy. Oh, my God. But, mate, yeah, and, and it's also, mate, idle hands are the devil's play tool or whatever. Mm. Like, because we didn't gig last night. Mm. So, so, you've got to get out of here, mate, mate. me and Billy, not gigging. It's not a good- It's not good. It's not good for anyone. Well, I've run through the Conor McGregor doco in two nights. Yep. And now it's like tonight. I've started The Sopranos, actually. I started it last night. Wow. It's incredible. Good. Yeah, it's really good. It's incredible. Wait, hot take. <laughs> it's- yeah, hot take. 20 years too late. Sopranos, incredible. Dude, i tell you what I realized is- I realized this today when I came home from work and I'm like, try not to have a cigarette. And I go, it's not that I want to have a cigarette. It's just that I want to do nothing but participate in the nothing. Like, I don't want to, I want to chill out. I don't want to sit on a couch in complete silence, right? But like, it's back when the seven, nine and 10 days, maybe you just chuck on the telly. Mm. I just need a bit of background noise. Like, I don't want to, that's the thing about Netflix and stuff is like, there's, there's not heaps of casual viewing. Love casual viewing. Like, I'm not, I rarely am in the mood. And, like, Macronads used to hate this about me. Is like, they'd be like, let's chuck on fucking, you know, not Breaking Bad. They were watching that without me. But, um, I don't know, whatever. Oh, like, uh, what's the one with all the zombies coming out everywhere? Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, but it's cool. It's the PlayStation game. I have no idea. And I the, don't watch any of that shit. I can't watch- I can't commit to any of that shit. Whatever it was called. Pedro Pascal. Like, I watched, like, the whole thing. It was great. Whatever it was called. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'd be like, let's watch The Last of Us. And I'd be like, honestly, lads, I'm just not in the mood to just attack yeah. zombies right now. Mm. I need to be very passive, you know? Mm. 
I just got a lot of thoughts. I need to keep an eye on them. I want some SPS food with my boys. Warm our, warm our hands by the fire. Yeah, that's why I just love like podcast clips on YouTube. Mm. You know, it's just, I just don't even, mm. just someone talk near me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, mate. We need some cigarettes in our bellies. It's the only, it's the only you can't just go sit, sit down for three minutes and do nothing. Oh, dude, uh, I'm so interested. There's so many things I'm interested to see where they go are. And this is unusual for me because I'm quite scared of the future. (laughs) 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 Due to everything that's happened in your past. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm scared of the future like um, technology-wise. Like, I'm scared of robots and AI and stuff. Mm. I don't like any of it. Yeah, neither. Um, We're we're brick and mortar boys. I'm brick and mortar boys. I mean, I'm famously blue collar. Mate, just- in Billy's mind, technology shouldn't go past multi-level car parks. That's uh, it. He's it, a car park guy. I'm a car park guy. That's okay? a trade. Paint the lines. That's enough technology for me. Done. Bring back the fucking- The bloke doing the money by hand. In a per- Yeah. I'll get more hours. Yeah, more hours. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Technology. Oh, mate, I'm interested to see where like- Because, uh, mate, let's ban these vapes. Ban them for fucking ever. Ban, Obviously. Ban them. Make them more illegal than heroin, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Here's the thing, mate. All right. Vapes are now illegal. Heroin's illegal. It's illegal to import them both or whatever. How come I'm not sitting up at night trying not to have some fucking heroin? Okay? Yeah. To, like, get rid of the vapes. Also, we've done it. Every Iranian man in Australia has $7 million now. Yes. They all have own houses now. I don't know if that was a government-funded program, maybe with, like, the Native Americans in America. Mm. They were like, look, we got all these Iranians here. We haven't given them the best deal. Let's let them sell vapes under the table. We'll pass some laws. We'll pretend to raid them. Mm. Play on. All the boys got big waterfront homes. Right. There's some Jordanians out there on fucking yachts. It's bloody ridiculous. And you can tell by the level of customer service from these fellas. They, they, mate, some of the lads, you say, if you have vapes, they just push the menu of flavors out at you. Just not even look at you. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Another property? Yeah. Let's just say that to the guy in Manly. I got another one. He'd be like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's unbelievable. I but I think we've probably covered our bases there. I don't think there's an Iranian man in Sydney who could complain there was not enough opportunities afforded to him. <laughs> yeah, you were dumb. able to drug deal out in the open- Despite the laws that were passed, you made millions and millions of dollars. Mm. Let's shut it down. I know someone that has, and I guess actively still deals drugs, but he dealt vapes for a while and he was like, oh, vapes were the most money I've ever made. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) And vapes are horrific because I was one of the greatest casual smokers of all time. I know. We all know about how good of a casual smoker you are. I was fucking unreal, dude. Yeah. Fucking unreal. (laughs) Three on a Friday night, three on a Saturday, maybe one on a Sunday or or like if there was a Sunday sesh vibe, shut it down. Yeah. It it was fucking great, dude. And then vapes, they they got me. And now I'm like- now I've got like a nicotine issue. <laughs> and he doesn't have a duvet on his a duvet cover yes. on his duvet. Yeah, well, no, I'm not getting into that. Everything's up in the air. Mate. Everything's up in the air. The duvet cover's in the wash. It's all fucked up. Oh my god, you don't even have a duvet cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Rowan was um, hassling me because I don't have a duvet cover, and I was like, mate, I've had enough. This, this British girl I was seeing recently was just hammering me for it. Yeah, dude, you don't even have a duvet it, cover. Where's your, come on, Billy. Where's your duvet cover? <laughs> women hate nothing more and than to think, an unmade dude, bed. And to think 
I almost didn't have a fucking bed frame. <laughs> yeah, you would have been Mate, fucked. if I didn't have a bed frame and I didn't have a duvet cover, this British chick would have assaulted me. It would have I been know. Sean Smith first fucking- <laughs> first, first what's his face? No, what is it, the trilogy? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, women are cruel. You put- wi- Mate, women are so cruel in your bedroom. It's like, I'm actually quite vulnerable right now. Nah, I, I think it's fine. Oh, I, really? I should, here's the thing is, I've got the doona cover in the cupboard. Yeah. It's just- I haven't had the time. I've been pressed, mate, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those five o'clock starts, mate, with Marky Mark Wahlberg just getting up fucking middle. Billy works out alone in our backyard at five in the morning. I get up, tradie hours. He's making breakfast, just getting the day food. Gets his whiteboard out. What's he going to do? Pencils in some social time. Pencils in some writing. Pencils in my workouts. It's like, Mate, speaking of writing. Oh, I can't find it, but hang on. What does this look like to you, mate? Wow, a 96-page exercise book. What's the subject? You wish, babe. That's what it's called. I think I'm going to call the show that next year. You wish, babe. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same amount of syllables every year. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm a marketing genius. <laughs> mate, great for- rap bag. Mate, I'm not saying this isn't going to make next year's show. Firstly, by the way... um. I am a massive piece of shit. This page, this four pages of writing in front of me, this is the first writing I've done in two months. Mm. So, really behind schedule on this one. First um, first little session I've done here, I usually try to write for about half an hour. Just put a little tag on the top, multicultural dating. Oh, no, so, Billy. I'm not, <laughs> no. I'm not saying that's not going to make next year's show. I'm saying that if it does, we've got huge problems. <laughs> Quick, do some more writing. Do some more writing. Let's get that in the back burner. No, because I was I was actually writing about this duvet thing because I try to write a joke like dating foreign women that like your negative attributes and, and qualities. Mm. You can just tell them it's a cultural difference. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, where's your duvet cover? Like, come on. And I'm like, oh, babe, we don't do those here. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it sort of spiraled out. Got more problematic from there, but <laughs> but yeah, mate. So you know the the fucking the wheels never stop here at uh, Billy Darcy headquarters, mate. The gears never stop grinding, mate. I hear I'm upstairs. I hear him laughing in his room nonstop. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> fuck. He's got he's got some good stuff in the works down there. Yeah, dude. Sometimes if you walk past my room, you'll just hear you're kidding. <laughs> oh, mate. Do we have anything? Uh, Do we have anything else to talk about? We uh, and we were thin this week, mate. We were thin. We were but, thin, but luckily, we're used to it, mate. We're used to it. We're used to a bit of thinness. Yeah, there's two men that don't really check the news or look outside and see what's going on in the world. <laughs> I'll say this, mate. I do check the news for the podcast, mm. and I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like maybe would you go in on this that celebrities are getting a bit smarter with how to behave? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. It feels like- I, I think they all have PR people now or something. I don't know. Maybe there's too many celebrities now, but like- And here's the thing. This is the celeb news I really like is like there's not enough. I think maybe because there's so much- I, 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 I've I said this before on the podcast, so sorry to repeat myself. I honestly think it's because of all the royal content. I know, yeah. It's pushed out like your D-list stuff, mm. you know? Like maybe Rove would like trip over at a bus stop. That would be like a two-page spread three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, now, like, I just can't go in on the Royals thing. Like, and here's the thing. I like celebrity banter, like, news that's fun. Mm. So, like, all this stuff that's so serious, it's like, oh, I don't actually care. Yeah. Like, and also, the journos have been too busy with Origin pre-selection, mate. 
Oh, yeah. My fucking news feed is nothing but Origin pre-selection. I, I don't know what f- Facebook must be if you don't live in Queensland or New South Wales for the first three months of the year. Yeah, like, well, they got AFL, mate, so they're, they're all over it. <sighs> Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Well, the first Origin is in Adelaide. Oh, true. So, yeah. g- get amongst it, yeah. Yeah, get out there, boys. I love it. I, I got to say, I love the product of State of Origin, but as far as taking it to another city and then putting it on a Wednesday- Ballsy. I don't know why they fucking do it. It's like so. I don't understand this. Wait, let's get into this. All right. Yeah. Okay. So while State of Origin is on, it's a half round, is it not? Mm. Only half the teams play. Yeah. Some of them have buys. Some of them have buys. I don't understand why we can't play that game Friday or Saturday night. With, there's multiple games happening all the time. Mm. Just slot it in for one of the teams that have a buy. But I like it on a Wednesday. It's fun on a Wednesday. Yeah. But I'm saying as far as. The product going elsewhere. Dude, just stop trying to spread sport everywhere. Let's all just keep the sport where it is. Oh, that's interesting. Why, that's- why have we got to be like everyone in Perth's got to start loving rugby league? Yeah, it's like, mate, that's so yeah, true, actually. That's why, that's why our Got to expand the game, mate. Yeah, we, we, everyone's got to expand, got to expand the game. The game. Yeah. It's like, let's not let any of them die, but we don't need to like rock up to Darwin and be like, fucking look at us. It's like, who gives a shit? Do you know what it is? I think they just get to the point where the rugby league's like, all right, yep, yeah, there's exactly- 400,000 people in Sydney who enjoy rugby league. And it's been that number for about 12 years. <laughs> Maybe let's have a look elsewhere. You know? Well, you don't hear AFL trying to expand the game as much. Well, that's what Sydney is. Yeah. And it's sort of taken. Yeah, it kind of has. In all the nastiest ways possible. I mean, yeah. I heard Swan's banter on a Sydney job site today. Oh, what does that I look like? like what I was—I just never heard it before. So I was like, "I'm going to put my nose in this," and then it was like the multi-million business, ah, uh, multi-million homeowner talking to the multi-million business owner. And I was like, "Ah, I thought it was the bricky, but he doesn't give a shit." No, no, no. Origin pre-selection talks up in, is happening, and also I think this is a Sydney thing, mate. Because when you go to fucking Melbourne. Blokes are ravenous. It's not just like all this R.M. Williams puffer vest shit. Oh, they love it, bro. Yeah. They fucking love it. But I'm saying it's a bit more working class in- Oh, 100%. All the teams are named was, after suburbs. Like- I was talking to some boys down there, and you know how, like, whatever the main sport is, all the uncoordinated people in primary school play the other one because they can get a run on the field. Yeah. So, that- here, all the unco kids played AFL. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I remember as well. I mean, being uncoordinated was the least of your worries if you played AFL in my high school. There was a lot. There was a lot of questions you had to answer, brother. <laughs> I don't think anyone made it to my high school playing AFL. I didn't know of any. I remember when you asked the, the two blokes who played AFL what they got up to on the weekend. They'd say nothing. Nothing. I mm. played hockey, field hockey. Dude, I was playing field hockey, dude. And honestly, <laughs> blokes would be like, "Good." Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to hear what you were doing last year, <laughs> dude. It runs yeah. so deep, dude. Honestly, and then, mate, here's the thing: is we just have like this cultural thing in Sydney where 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 it was like AFL's not a thing at all, and then you you go to Melbourne at like 23 years old, and they're like. You don't like footy? And it's like, mate, we weren't even given the chance, brother. Yeah. I'm not, I might be the biggest AFL fan ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like the, the Russian UFC fighters where it's like, oh, you guys are heaps into wrestling. They're like, we thought that's all there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is with AFL. I, I'd never say I hate it. I just yeah. say oh, it's, we just never got it. Mate, you just made a decision to get hurt on the field rather than off the field in a playground. Yeah. So, you don't play AFL, mate. Dude, honestly, like soccer wasn't the coolest thing growing up, but it was way cooler than AFL. 
which is crazy as well. Well, it's the world game. It's not crazy yeah. at all. Well, it's interesting that, like, there's still not much physicality to it, but we were like, AFL is... That's a soft spot. I know. Anyway. But good on them, mate. Good on them. Let's just all stop trying to spread our sports. Yeah, I think- And when I go down to Melbourne, I love catching a game of AFL. 100%, My mate. cousins love Hawthorne. I say, great. That's excellent. Beautiful. Don't, don't fucking call it footy over the border. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever about it. I'm, I'm whatever about really- Let's just end this podcast. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd probably just cut all that AFL stuff. Perfect. Do you reckon it was- Yeah, it felt like nothing. Yeah, but isn't isn't it all nothing, mate? Isn't it all nothing? The duvet stuff that was making me laugh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this anyway. It's going out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, One stop perfect. shop. One stop shop. Export. Mate, he's working four hours you just a day. Hit- he's a bit busy boy. Mate, I'm fucking pressed. I still got to get this duvet cover. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it back. The window is bearing down on the bed. I'm like, I have depression. I need the light. Please, please leave me alone, mate. Encore show, Sydney, Friday, June 2nd. You're going to be there opening it up. Yeah. Just just, just give the fans a little promo there. Mate, we're going to go to Bondi and we're going to pack this room full of just cunts that love stand-up comedy. Yes. And then we're going to perform a show and then as a group, we're going to hunt down this little fat H cunt. <laughs> And we're going to surround him. And we're all, we're not, no one's going to raise a fist. I swear to God, if anyone raises a fist, I will fucking freak out. But we will surround him in a pack of about 65. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I am just going to say on the count of three and at the same time, we're all just going to start going, mate, you are fucking pathetic. Mate, you are a fucking low cunt. Honestly, everyone here thinks this is fucking embarrassing. And that's how you go out in Bondi. So, yeah, come to the show, and then afterwards, we'll fucking staunch a little fella. Yep. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 